The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome into episode 202 of the Natural Hat Trick podcast alongside Craig Morgan. 202? 202. Yes. This will be like an hour and a half, so if you're sitting on the 202, you'll probably get to hear the whole thing in traffic. And Jamie Eisner. The Natty Hattie. <laughs> Jamie Eisner bringing some energy today. I'm Luke Lipinski. Here we go, gentlemen. Where do we want to start? I shouldn't bang on the table like that. I probably just broke the studio. Um, hockey. We should probably start Ooh, with the hockey. Okay. Mitch Marner. Luke, I want to know how come you don't tweet, retweet our tweets. I do sometimes retweet. Sometimes. I'm not great I think at the retweet. when I go to Luke Lipinski's uh, timeline, have you noticed? Have you gone to? Why don't you go to Luke Lipinski's I, timeline I will right, right now. now? You should all go there at Luke Lipinski. <laughs> then unfollow. Hit that unfollow button. <laughs> that implies you, they were already following. Do you see any tweets that aren't from Luke Lipinski? Um, if you scroll back, hmm. like within the last three months, I have retweeted three the months. show. Yeah. I'm trying to try to find the last retweet from Luke. I typically retweet the actual show, not the. Build on oh, no, it to the show. Funny. I don't no, see that either. The last one, uh, April 23rd, uh, he did retweet the Natty Hattie, okay. which you can follow and at the Natty going Hattie. Back before that, uh, he, oh, he quote tweeted me on April 4th. Oh, that was that a mistake. Count. That's a quote tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did I do that? Still, yeah, you're right. It doesn't because he still made it about him. Yeah. Um, wow. So if you know how to use the retweet button, tweet at Luke Lipinski and explain to him how it works. Yeah. Are, the, are these or, the same people? Or ask him why he doesn't retweet anyone. That think donut anyway. balls are called donut holes. It's been a while since we've we've had this. Oh, here's a discussion. quote tweet of Elliot Friedman. So oh. he made Elliot Friedman about him too. Oh, you know. It's, wow. Okay. It's my page. It's not Elliot Friedman's page. Anyway, uh, I want to start with the Maple Leafs because they're starting to freak out. Even though Toronto's <laughs> in the NBA Finals and they could be focusing on the fact they're going to lose to Golden State in five games, we are five weeks basically away from Mitch Marner becoming. <sighs> offer sheet eligible i guess actually even a couple days before that at this point why would he sign darren drager's already saying he's his negotiations will go beyond july 1 why wouldn't they of course it has toronto in a panic it should i i was i was i think i put this in the uh, show notes i'm not sure if i did but uh i'm trying to decide which is better watching toronto's anguish over another playoff failure and now mitch marner's impending free agency or the city's complete naivete about its chances in the NBA finals. No, it's definitely it's definitely the Maple Leaf stuff because the Raptors have just this long history of LeBron just destroying them in the Eastern Conference playoffs every season it feels like. And they're just like I don't think they actually believe they're going to win. I think they're just blindly hoping that if we just don't think about it that maybe they would win. <laughs> The Maple Leaf stuff. Don't look. Maybe they'll win. It's kind of like how they're signing Mitch Marner, right? The Maple Leaf stuff is great. This well, is fantastic. This is stupid that it's gone this far. I mean, Mitch Marner is there for the taking. If a team wants to offer $12 million a year, they will get Mitch Marner. Well, do you believe the posturing? Is it posturing or is it legit that he wants $11 million a year? And I mean, would you give Mitch Marner $11 million a year? So I'll answer the second part first. No, I would okay. not give him $11 million a year. But do you think one of the 31 teams is willing to? No. Okay. Not with not with the draft pick compensation attached right. to it. If he was a UFA, yes, somebody would give him eleven million dollars. But He's still a wing. That's fair. To me, you have to. If we've said this before, you have to go see what's out there. But again, if I'm Mitch Marner's agent, I'm absolutely asking for eleven million. I'm saying, well, look what you just gave Austin Matthews. Look what you just gave John Tavares. That's what we want. That's that's a negotiating starting point for me. If I'm Mitch Marner's agent. 
To me, I think he's probably more of a nine, nine and a half million dollar player. Yeah, nine's the number I. That's the number I've been looking at the whole time. I'm not sure they're going to be able to sign him for under ten, but I I do want to see what teams are actually willing to pay him because in recent years, there's only been one team that said we we would risk losing four first round picks, and that's the Philadelphia Flyers. That's the only team that has done it in this show. And that was for Shea Weber. I'd rather have Mitch Marner now than Shea Weber then. Correct. Uh, Marner, 224 points in his first 241 games, so basically a point-per-game player. Some of that's playing on Toronto, but a lot of it isn't. A lot of it is he's just that good. I wouldn't pay $11 million plus all the picks to get him, but... Toronto has now put this to the point where Mitch Marner is there for the taking for $11 million if another team wants to mm. to offer sheet him. Um, the leverage, and I heard this, I can't remember who made the point, I think it was actually Brian Burke, typically the, the team's leverage is, you know, if, if you're talking about negotiating during the season, the team has maybe a little more leverage, but once you get to this point, Mitch Marner has no more games where he can risk getting hurt. I mean, I guess he could get hurt just randomly off the ice in the next month but he doesn't have to go into this and be like i should get a deal signed before i get injured playing philadelphia or we got washington on the schedule so tom wilson's going to take a headshot at me well, I, I need to get signed he doesn't need to they're to not be, playing anymore to be fair like carlos correa is out two months because he got hurt in a massage <laughs> I, knew, I knew jamie was going to bring that up. <laughs> so like i guess it's possible <laughs> no massages the, for mitch marner the only thing that gives me pause here is the the crazy culture of hockey players where they're so loyal they're loyal to a fault at times where the oh, I just you know I'm gonna sign with the team that took me and at this point with one month left why on earth would you not use every tool in the shed in negotiations the other thing too is it, and it's it, this is a legit point to make if you're another team let's just say Vegas if Vegas wanted to start let's say Detroit because that's actually more realistic Detroit goes all in but they have to give up what four first round picks and pay Mitch Marner 11 million dollars you can look at that and say that's too much but if you're Kyle Dubas and you get all those picks back you're not going to be the GM when those picks actually mature because you let Mitch Marner walk away. Well, and again, the number I keep going back to is that five-year, fifty-two point eight million. That is what a team can offer sheet Mitch Marner, and in that case, he would give up two firsts, a second, and a third. That I think is the max that I could see Mitch Marner getting on the open market. Which, and again, the term's not going to be there because of the our, the offer sheet rules where everything gets divided by a max of five. Yeah. So even if you offer a seven year deal, the the actual total dollars would still only get divided by five. Yeah. So that's the max you can offer without having to give up four firsts. It would be a five year, fifty two point eight million dollars. So slightly deal. over ten. Million. So it's that ends up being ten point five six million. How much better is Mitch Parner than William Nylander? Are you asking me or Maple Leafs fans? Well, Maple Leafs fans think he's the second two point one million dollars. That he was a a big time, you know, big game playoff performer. He in his two goals and four points compared to William Nylander in his one goal and three points. Nylander also what a vast. That was, I mean, that's a void between those two production <laughs> levels. It's like they're playing two different sports. Yeah. Nylander did also almost score for Boston in that series, though, so we should maybe take yeah. one of those points well, away. It, clearly, he's a better player than William Nylander, but I don't think he's a... He, he's not twice the player. Yeah. No. They botched this. They The, the order that they have done this... And look, they're going to get Marner signed. Nobody's going to offer sheet him. Jamie's head's going to explode, and I'm actually going to be right there with him because it, it's just ridiculous if nobody even offer sheets him. But And I even heard the argument today. It's like, well, what's the point of offer sheeting him because you won't get him? Sabotage. Again... Or maybe you do get him. Uh, you know what? I'm also... I'm, I'm trying not to get pre-mad because oh, I want to wait pre-mad. for it to happen. I like this. But... If a player like Mitch Marner doesn't get offer sheeted, I never want to hear another GM on any other team tell me that they do everything they can to help their team win. Because it's a flat-out 
lie. Yes. Nico Rentnen, Braden Point. This is the year it has to happen. Specifically, though, with Marner, and maybe even Point to a certain extent. I'm not looking at Tampa yeah, Bay salaries. They're not in a good situation either. But you're talking about a player that is elite that the team at a certain point can't match it. So it's not just like you're throwing out a number out there. Oh, we're going to offer sheet to some guy that's decent, but they can ultimately offer they can they can match it, and they're just going to be mad at you. You might actually be able to get one of these guys. Now you'd have to give up a lot, and I understand that maybe that's not what you want to do. And again, from the Coyotes' perspective, you should be going after maybe Nylander or Andreas Janssen or Kasperi Kapanen, which is who I would personally go after. Um, Toronto should lose something out of all this, Correct. right? Because they have done this in the wrong order. Mm-hmm. Well, again, and that, that we've talked about this at nauseum as well, but that extra year on the Patrick Marlowe deal is really, really, really the biggest thing that's hurting them right now. Yeah. Because if they did everything else the same, they would still be in a much better position, at least to sign their guys. Their blue line's still going to be a disaster. They but did get Austin Matthews signed. They did. Which is interesting. They signed him first, by the way, even though many Toronto fans think Mitch Marner is the better player, which is absurd. Which no, is he's not. not. Right. Yeah. Austin but, Matthews is the better player. But wouldn't you have the same sense of urgency if you're in Toronto and you're around that circus to say, let's get Matthews and Marner signed 11 months ago together, mm-hmm. basically? Mm-hmm. Let's do it the same. Because, it, fair or not, on some level, you've sent the message to Marner that he's not as important to you as Matthews. You have sent that message. And sure, but because you caved you with also, Nylander. Yeah, but you also signed McDavid first. I mean, you have to be realistic about the level of talent right. of your players. I love Leon Dreisaitl. You know this. We've been talking about him since draft day. He's not Connor McDavid. Mitch Marner is not Austin Matthews, period. And if you took at this team two years ago and said, would you rather have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews and John Tavares... You would take Austin Matthews and John Tavares if you're a competent thinking hockey fan. Yes, but if I was a competent... Centers, centers, centers. Premium positions. You almost got me to say if I was competent. Um, I would have gotten Matthews yeah, I don't signed want you to lie on the air. last uh, September, and I would have gotten Marner signed last October. This is not have dragged at this point. Sure, but... Both of them before the season. Okay, so... Because then are you hoping all season they don't perform well, so their value goes down? Is that what you're doing if you're Toronto? Gun to your head right now. What team does Mitch Marner play for next Toronto. year? It's Toronto, right? Yeah. Like I can't, I still can't even see. But how much is he making? Probably, I, I, probably I just Col- under that number, right around nine and a half. Deal. I think he ends up making ten. Yeah. I think Toronto, in the back of their mind, has known that what Jamie said. Nobody's going to go over that fifty-two point whatever million threshold. Two point eight for five years. So they're willing yeah. to pay that if they have to. But they should lose somebody else because they have botched this. They should maybe lose two guys. Somebody needs to swoop in, and I think I actually do think somebody will swoop in and, and take Kapanen or uh, somebody yeah, like but, Coyotes. But here's the That'd thing: nice. it's, not, it's not the Kapanen that's the issue. Patrick Marlowe doesn't have to move. Nope, no, no. He has a no movement clause. It's probably the last year of his NHL career. I don't think he's moving. He doesn't have to move. So if he's not moving, then Nylander's the guy you're losing. Mm-hmm. You can't just move Kapanen. Kapanen doesn't save you any cap space. That's ironic. Kapanen space? Yeah. Nylander might be harder to move, actually, because you did pay him a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 6.9. You, you, somebody would take yeah, Somebody would take him. That's a pretty good comment. You might not get the return you want, but, I mean, that that's the reality. If you'd have to move somebody off. You, if you move Marlowe, then yeah, you can move a Kapanen or you know, a, a Johnson. Like, you can move one of those guys, but you got to clear cap space. Yeah. And I don't think Marlowe's going anywhere. I would take Nylander here, too. If Marlowe says no, they're in a major bind. He should. Yeah, why would he he say say yes? Unless you train to another contender. He's got one shot left at this. What team would you rather be on if you're Patrick Marlowe than Toronto next year? I mean, which which teams are on that short list of, yeah, we could win the Cup next year? Okay. Vegas would be on that short list. Um, But again, I... Why is Vegas trading for him? No, but if they get Nylander... No. You know what I mean? If you need another young player, yeah. like they need more talent there. But 
<laughs> but again, I don't think they would do that because then that would take them out of the Carlson sweepstakes. So you're adding twelve, you're adding thirteen million dollars to the cap. Ruin stupid. Yeah, we'll take him. Uh, yeah. The last Toronto Boston mega deal worked really well. Yeah, everything Toronto, that Toronto so should be perfectly okay. does with Boston doesn't work well. You know, if they trade Marlowe to Boston, he scores the game winner in game seven next year against the Maple Leafs. So we no, agree 100% that happens. Of course. Convince Marlowe to go back to the Sharks. <laughs> Marlowe and Nylander to the Sharks for something. Uh, how about Dave Tippett, head coach of your Edmonton Oilers? Good luck. I don't know how I feel about this. I. I've thought about this a lot. He's already underappreciated there. Yeah, probably. They're already complaining that they hired this guy, who's the, one of the best five, six coaches well, in the cause, NHL. Because anybody who hasn't been, anybody that didn't pay attention to what Dave Tippett did in Arizona has no idea what he had to work with. I think that the, 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 even I think even in town a lot, even in this town, people don't realize the actual talent level of those rosters compared to the production of those rosters. Martin Hansel was his best center. Martin Hansel. McDavid slightly better. Martin Hansel was his best center. Let me say that again. Martin Hansel was his best center. Martin Hansel, Matthew Lombardi, Damon Lankow. Yeah. They made the playoffs three straight years. Western Conference Finals. Western Conference Final. I saw they flashed. I don't remember what channel it was. Yeah, I do, but I'm not going to out them on this podcast. They flashed up Dave Tippett's resume, and they're like, he has been to the Western Conference Finals once with Dallas in 2008, which is not accurate. He's been there more recently with a less intimidating roster. How's mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Then... I think Edmonton might be a playoff team. How many times did you read, I don't think Dave Tibbetts' defense first mentality will work in Edmonton? Yeah, I, I give up. I it, give up. Seriously, I just I feel like I'm banging my head against a wall with people. Such bad, lazy analysis. This is one did of you, the... Did you see what he had in Dallas? Did you see what they did in Dallas? Well, well Craig, he can't coach young players. <laughs> There's the other one. That's the other narrative. Yeah. Can't coach young guys. Even though he coached the 23-and-under team at the last World uh, Cup. Yeah, you know, well, and they're, some of the young guys loved him. Yeah. Like yes. Max Domi. Talk to him. Yes. Because he's a good coach. Like, if you're, I mean, it's... To, you coach to, what you have. You coach the, to the strength of your team. Yes, and which and that Coyotes team wasn't high-end talent. They Sorry. had a good blue line. They had good goaltending, so they played a tighter system. That's what they did. They, they had a lot of smart hockey players. They didn't have necessarily the high-end talent. And now he's got the opposite... I'm not talking about the intelligence, but he has a lot of high end. Well, a lot of two really high end talented, maybe three. I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has really been a really good player now for two plus years. He's going to be better with Tippett. All three of those guys give them hope. They're not a cup contender because there's not enough around them. No, no but they might but be a playoff team Can they sneak into now. the postseason? They might be a I, I, team. I, sure. I'm not betting against Dave Tippett getting a team in the postseason. This team in Edmonton is still more talented than that 9-10 Coyotes team that he won 50 games yeah. with. I'm, I'm curious what he's going to do to retool this roster because they're obviously they're limited in their options because of their cap situation and, and Milan Lucic, a, a, a healthy scratch who's making a lot of money for them. Can but they, yeah, can I, they I'm money- sure they will retool it a bit. Can, can they moneyball their way into a decent blue line? Yeah. Can, can Dave Tippett and uh, a limited amount of resources, cap wise, can they make that blue line tolerable? But that's the thing. What what Tippett's good at is getting the most out of those fringe players. He's not going to make Connor McDavid better. Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid. Leon Dreisaitl is Leon Dreisaitl. But Tippett's going to get the most out of the other. 15, 16 guys that are on the ice any given night, and that might be enough to push the Oilers into a playoff spot. This makes things harder for the Coyotes now. There's some okay pieces on that blue line, too, right? There are a few of them anyway. I mean, you can you can, you can get by with Oscar Clefbaum and Adam Larson and I like Darnell Clefbaum, Nurse. Yeah. I, I, 
I, I think they have enough. They'll probably make a couple moves. What really scares me about this team, and I, we've talked about this so many times, is I, I think this might be the worst collection of wingers in the league. They're just completely deficient on the wing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's bad. But you also have... You have two of the 15 best players in hockey on your team. Yeah. You've got Mikko Koskinen. Or was that one of the two you were talking about? I'm passing on that one. But I just... There's just so much top-end talent on that team. If they play even a little bit more responsibly, just system-wise, they have a chance to be a playoff team. This, I would say, is the smartest thing Edmonton has done since they drafted Dreisaitl. That was the third pick. I mean, drafting McDavid was... You literally could have had a trained dog make that pick. Mm-hmm. So at least drafting Dreisaitl... Not even a trained dog. Just, just any random dog. If you put two treats out, it would have picked the one with McDavid's name attached. Um, this is a smart move by Edmonton. Now, I, like you guys are saying, I don't know if it's going to be enough because the roster is still flawed. Yeah, I don't think they're a cup contender. No. But I, th- I think Jamie's right. I, I think you're... What I'm, and I'm worried about their goaltending, too. So yeah. that's yeah. that's another issue. The, but, there are a lot of issues. But you're probably looking at, okay, what if we can get one significant piece, I'm, I'm looking at the blue line still, and then maybe you try and get those guys on the wing who you think are underappreciated, maybe can deliver for you uh, a certain amount of offense. Or, you know, they're solid two-way players. I, I don't know exactly what he's going to be looking for. But, you know, you can fill in on the wing. So maybe that's what they'll do and try and get a defensive piece. But I still worry about that goaltending. I don't know. I, I don't get the Miko Koskinen signing at all. No. Um, before we move on to Phil Castle, I should remind everybody to rate and review the podcast and follow us at the Natty Hattie on Twitter. Certainly rate and review because that makes us more visible to future listeners. Also... We uh, we did. What do you want to call that? That we did on Monday. We had a couple. It was we we took over a bar. I'm convinced Craig rented the whole thing out. We had a Felt few like of the loyal Natty Hattie listeners show up. It was actually Screened a lot of fun. At the door. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Craig, sorry had, if you didn't make it in. Well, that velvet rope. Is, there was uh, a reason. Very unforgiving. Maybe it was your Dave Tippett can't coach <laughs> offense or youth <laughs> takes. By the way, don't throw any more of those at me, please, or I'll scream like those two. Uh, Linkses that I used in today's tweet, that was, that which was, Luke didn't retweet, actually. Uh, shocking, but I did I'm see sure. it. Right you did show. see it. Okay, and now it's pointless to retweet. I had no idea what a link. But, but thank like you, thank then. you for the handful of people that came out. It yeah, was fun. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. It was really good we just there. sort of threw that together last second, and it was a good game. Um, we'll get into the cup in just a second here. Craig had a what well, I would Hefeweizen say a, to die for, and then he yeah the Hefeweizen was unbelievable, and then a stout he almost died from. Yes, yeah. What was that? It was a fourteen and a half percent milk stout. It tasted like perfume. Is that not what you wanted? This really wasn't what I was looking for. <laughs> it was a stout. Was it at least good perfume? No. Yeah, what no. was the story with the Hefeweizen? They, they gave it to you. They're like, this is amazing. This they recommend is one it. of the best Hefeweizens in the world. And it, it was a good Hefeweizen. And then uh, you guys asked me what I was drinking. I told you that this was supposedly one of the best Hefeweizens in the world. So you both ordered it. And in doing so, that was depleted it. their supply. Because <laughs> apparently they only had three pints left. This might be a metaphor for communism. I didn't even think about that until just now. What what time better than the present than just bring that up right now on the podcast? And so I was left to my second choice. mm -hmm. I love stouts. Yeah. Just not Not that one. That didn't go well stout that I drank. Yeah, it it went downhill from there with beer choices. Yeah, which was very entertaining to me. Almost more entertaining than the third period of that game. They brought these little shot glasses. They kept bringing you different samples of beer beer for Craig. Like like he was like the king. Like, which one do you want? I wasn't even asking. Yeah, they show up with a new one for me to try. They could sense your your displeasure with them. I think you made it pretty clear. You wrote it in big crayons right on the wall. I think it was was the tweets. 
Yeah. You know, using their, well, sort of their handle. handle. They apparently have one for the Gilbert store. Also, if you actually thought we were going to Tampa to do this, I'm glad you didn't show up. Well, I apologize if you drove all the way to Tampa. No, I'm glad you didn't show up. Clearly, we were going to the one in Gilbert. Speaking of beer. If you made it to Tampa, let me know if you see the lightning. Sorry, Speaking of beer, did you see the story in the St. Yeah. Did you guys see the story? Oh, yeah, about that how St. Louis, because they have Bud Light or whatever, they think they're special. Of course, Boston is known for Sam Adams, the best beer name for a terrorist. (laughs) (laughs) Parentheses, let's face it, that's what he was. Sam Adams sells 4 million barrels of beer a year, although much of it isn't even produced in Boston anymore. Meanwhile, St. Louis is home to Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser, and the most popular beer in America, Bud Light. This is the St. Louis Dispatch's argument for why St. Louis is a superior beer city. Yes. Budweiser. Yeah. And Bud Light in particular. As I said in the show notes, this argument may have worked in 1970 when there were like 20 (laughs) beers available, but now everyone recognizes that Budweiser is horrible beer. Okay, but 1970 is the last time the Blues were in the Stanley Cup, so they haven't updated their argument Fair point, fair point. To be fair, like, in the context of things St. Louis has to be proud about as a city or a sports city, oh boy, here we go. Bud Light is probably their number one. Why would you be proud of it, though? It's a bad beer. I- I'm that this is I'm ripping on now, St. Louis. The you see what I'm doing here? I'm, I'm ripping cool. St. Louis. I'd recommend the tour. Of the they can factory, be a proud sponsor actually. of this podcast. You can though. meet the Clydesdales. Really? Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's kind of cool. cool. Can you get an autograph from them? My the favorite hooves, part. They hold like the pen between the two hooves. And... Why do we keep letting him in here? Hey. You didn't. I was here first. I know. Well, technically, I was here first, but I walked past the studio. Well, you slept here. It doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite part of the Stanley Cup so far is the arguments going on back and forth between St. Louis fans and Boston fans on social media. St. Louis fans are, in general, I'm just going to generalize both fan bases here. Please. A kind. Why not? Just throw a blanket over an let's, entire let's city. Go ahead. They are, they are a kind. Well, Jamie just impugned an entire city for no reason. It wasn't isn't the first city. No. actually, or the first I, time. It might be all of the cities that you've done that to now. St. Louis fans, in general, are a kind group. Them trying to pick a fight with Boston fans who only New York fans can really argue with Boston fans just because Boston fans are so angry and they don't care. It's very entertaining to me. Yeah. Because logic goes out the window. True. Boston fans will just, they'll, they'll, they're willing to sacrifice it's their own integrity. Fight. Yes. It's a sewer fight when you get in. St. Louis, St. Louis is trying to do a, St. Louis is trying to play chess in a sewer fight, basically. Well, they're polite Midwesterners, that's it. Yeah, it's not going well for them. And, you know, this this beer thing, for a, for a moment I was tilting away from St. Louis being the Blackhawk fan that I am. Yeah. And you then, were openly cheering for St. Louis. And then Boston decided that Barstool Sports would be a good sponsor. Yeah, yeah that's mm. something. That, that was cool. That was interesting. So, no? Nothing? You got nothing on this? Not the anger that Craig no, has. Nothing that I haven't said before. Like, they're just... You know how I feel about Barstool. For the record, too, I don't really people. know who I want to win this series. I just hope it goes seven games. Yeah. Craig is very clearly voting for the Blues after watching game one with you. Yeah, yeah. You are openly rooting for them. Yeah, and definitely definitely so now yeah. for that horrible choice. Wait, before we get more into the cup, though, I do want to bring up Phil Kessel. Okay. Okay. Who... I feel like should be the official mascot of this podcast after turning down a trade to Minnesota because they're boring. It's basically what happened. He doesn't want to play for Minnesota because, well, he's watched them play hockey. So he's still in Pittsburgh, but he I don't think probably he likes the won't be. You go. They're going either, right? With all they shed last year. And, no. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why Minnesota wants Phil Kessel. I mean, the, the way that trade originally was, was thrown out there was that. The Penguins would also be getting rid of Jack Johnson, and they'd get Jason Zucker back, which I was fine with because you're getting rid of Jack Johnson. Then it became just Phil Kessel for Jason Zucker, which Jason Zucker's not as good as Phil Kessel, but I don't understand why Minnesota wants another player in their 30s. I, I, for the life of me, I would not understand that either. 
but that trade makes no sense for either team. Yep. Those are the I'd best agree kinds. with that. Those are the best kinds of deals where nobody wins. <laughs> so Phil Kessel <laughs> saved everybody from themselves, basically. Yes? Yes. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about Pittsburgh's general managing at the moment? Um, not well. Okay. But, I mean, it's been going this way for a couple of years, but they won a couple of cups, so you can't complain. But this, we're going down the Stan Bowman path here. We're getting dangerously oh. close to that. Soft bell. <laughs> I mean, oh. it's not that bad. Speaking of paths we don't want to go down, but it... Apparently, we're going down. Are we going down the Phil Kessel to Arizona path? Of course we are. Yeah, You're here. We, we should put it in the show notes. I did. Okay. I think Go it's ahead, interesting. Luke. Why don't you take the reins? Well, look. We, first Speaking of all- of Budweiser and Clydesdales. Direct all your- I love those commercials. They're very soothing. They are pretty amazing, actually. Unlike their beer. Wow. Right. Their Such, beer's awful. Wow. You guys are just beer snobs, aren't you? Not really. Oh. No. no just, just, they have, just, just- That's the way you are I today? have some standards, but- do you? Yeah, I mean, if I had never seen those coming, minimal standards, I wouldn't. Drink okay, Budweiser. so b- b- before we move on the castle, like just put a pin in that for a second. <laughs> IPA wow, okay. or Bud Light, Craig? You have to drink one. Your life's on the line. Which Bud one Light, are you come on. You're not going to hate yourself. The later. best IPA in the world. <laughs> okay, the best IPA in the world. Okay, well, I, I don't know. What but you it's feel limited supply. If you have one glass, yeah. but it's How gone. How hoppy is this IPA? Uh, uh, something layman would drink. Oh. Matt Lehman? We're giving yeah. a shout-out to Matt Lehman. On. Yes. I don't know I, if this constitutes a shout-out. You know, no, I, have, I have respect for Matt Lehman's choices in life, so I'd probably drink the IPA. Well, that makes one of us, but okay. It's not so. what you say off the Wow. Air. See? You know, sorry, Matt. <laughs> Jamie's taking shots. Jamie just set himself not up. Even so here now I'll find out if he's listening or not. Matt Lehman could be a proud sponsor of the podcast, but isn't now. Um, I want to go back to Phil Kessel. Just to make a donation next time he wants to be on. Certainly direct all your Phil Kessel to Arizona questions directly to Craig Morgan on Twitter. That's he at loves Craig them. S. Morgan. Uh, or yeah. you can tweet at the country music singer. And yes. I, maybe how, he'll know. Doesn't that make you feel better, Craig? He, Craig Hopefully Morgan, that mistake. The, the country singer, has probably gotten a decent amount of Phil Kessel questions over the years. Questions. Imagine yes. what he thinks when he's looking at that. <laughs> well, I've seen some in my backyard. Yeah, see, that's, yeah. <laughs> your Craig Morgan impression is outstanding, Craig Morgan. I have no idea what he sounds like because no, I don't listen to country. That's probably it. Uh, Bob McKenzie, during the game, game two last night, mentions the, of course, the Phil Kessel to Arizona rumors. But, yeah, he joined the chorus of everyone else saying Phil Kessel wants to come to Arizona. But I think that is at least important to note. Phil Kessel wants to come to Arizona and play for the Coyotes. That's been the case for more than a year. I know, but to have that out there publicly on national television in game two of the Stanley Cup, that's, look, that's a premier player that wants to come to the Coyotes. I'm not saying they should make a trade for him. I'm just saying that's out there. The only thing I would say to that is, and I don't know the answer to this. But Shocking. does he want to come and play for the Coyotes, or does he want to come and play for Rick Todd? I don't care. He wants so before to be here. beating our chest, saying, "Oh wow, it's exciting that a player like that wants to come to Arizona hockey." Like, well, does he want to come to Arizona, or if, if Tockett was in, you know, Colorado, would he want to go there? I, Prob- hear, he, I hear he likes Ted's hot dogs. They're good. They Portillos. Portillos. See, look oh. at the hot dog choices in this city. It's, yeah. it's an overabundance of hot dog choices here in Phoenix. I, I, even if he wants to play for Tockett, which I'm guessing is probably what it is, who cares? Tockett's here. Well, sure, but but I, I think it's disingenuous to say that, oh, look, the franchise is turning things around. Star players want to play for them. If it's really just, I want to play with my old coach. I didn't say the franchise is turning itself around because star players want to play for them. I'm just saying Phil Kessel is a premier player that has two Stanley Cups and is a scorer in this league that wants to come play for the Coyotes. If he thought that he couldn't succeed here, he wouldn't want to. So... What would you do to make this deal happen if you're the Coyotes, knowing that Pittsburgh is clearly dying to move Phil Castle off that roster? Which I don't totally understand from Pittsburgh's perspective. Well, you know. 
You can get your own little thing. I told you, you need to get your own. I, I was looking for version boat horns of my bell yesterday. I couldn't find any boat horns. Okay, I'll have them for next season for sure. So, what would you give bad up? Season for Pittsburgh. to get Phil Kessel? I, I mean, I got to believe that, that they would want Pittsburgh to eat some of that salary, but at, at some point, it defeats the purpose for Pittsburgh, right? Because they're trying to shed salary yeah. as much as anything. Yeah. So, what would you give up? To get Phil Kessel. This is a tough trade for me. The Coyotes and Penguins making a deal. Not a lot, actually. And it's not that I don't think Phil Kessel's a good player. It's just that you take on that cap hit, which I think you're going to have to take. I don't think they're going to eat 50%. Because that's the point. That would be really stupid. So, so but, but again, they also signed Jack Johnson to a deal. So, you know, anything is possible. Yeah. What's worse, eating 50% of Phil Kessel's contract if you're the Penguins or signing Jack Johnson? Jack Johnson's not even close. Okay. But... Just uh, wanted to get that out there. I mean, because every, everywhere I see out there, I, I've looked at some of like Pittsburgh fan sites because I'm a masochist, uh, and I just wanted to see what their potential trade I've s- been there. scenarios for this is going to be. Um, they're of the mind. I'm just going to collect the they. The two names that they've thrown out for one-for-one one trades, Alex Galchenyuk for Phil Castle and Christian no. Dvorak for Phil Castle. Coyotes aren't trading a center. That's not happening. So I don't think I would a deal, not give up those players for Phil Kessel. I don't think a deal is getting done, but it is worth noting that what he has twenty-two of the thirty other teams outside of Pittsburgh he can block trades to, right? And the Coyotes aren't one of those twenty-two. So if the if a trade were to happen, Phil Kessel's cool with it. Whereas with twenty-two other teams, if Pittsburgh tries to trade him, as we've already seen, he can step in and say no. So that does make it a little more likely. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but at a certain point, I would hold them over the fire. You can. You absolutely you can. can. Absolutely. What That's, would you be willing to give up? I don't know. I haven't thought deeply about it because my general sense has been that he's low on their priority list. But and, and again, he's going to be 32 when next season starts. So you worry with three years left on the deal how much he has left in the tank. But he has produced. He's produced at a high level. So in terms of what you'd give up, whew. I mean, Pittsburgh is. Desperate for prospects and young players. Christian Fisher. Yeah, that's what like I a Fisher and a second rounder. Fisher and a, yeah, maybe a second. I would. Round pick. Yeah, I, 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 I would because I, would I think that. at that point you're not. I I'm not convinced Christian Fisher is going to be anything, to be honest. So I don't think you're giving up that much at that point. There's also the benefit of yeah, you're worried about the age and the contract, but there's also the benefit of can he help your young centers develop by just putting the puck in the back of the net mm-hmm. when he's past the ball, yeah. uh, past the puck. Like that would be or the ball, or the ball, uh, or the hot dog. But uh, that could that has some residual value just beyond the actual score sheet. Especially if you're, I mean, at it, that price, it seems like Rutherford has. It, this is my impression of how it's happened in Pittsburgh. They've won two cups. They didn't win last year because of Matt Murray. They didn't win this year because they were the worst team in the playoffs. So they looked around and said, "We have to change something." The best thing you can change. It, it's not because Phil Kessel isn't still good. If you're Pittsburgh, you need to free up space. You need to bring in some young players. But I think Rutherford has gotten to the point mentally now where he's like, we have to get rid of Kessel. So if that's the way it is, and you're the Coyotes, and I hear what you're saying, Craig, he's probably not their top priority or even one of their three or four or five top priorities this offseason. But if Pittsburgh's saying, we have to move this guy, he'll only go to one of eight teams, we'll basically give him to you? All right, well, then I'm listening. Nothing against Christian Fisher, who's one of my favorite players on the team, but if I can deal Fisher in a second-round pick for Phil Kessel, I would do that. Yeah, I would do it too. And I can see Fisher thriving with the Penguins because he's probably going to be on the line or at least see some ice time with Evgeny Malkin if they traded Kessel for him. Um, Anaheim, probably not hiring Dallas Eakins now, it doesn't seem like. Or at least they could and they're messing around and looking at other coaches. I think they're just talking to other people. They could have been talking to other people for the last three weeks. Who says they weren't? 
Oh, yeah, Luke, weird. who says they weren't? I'm just. How long do you need to talk to other people? Make a decision. Al Seekins is still coaching. We still think that's who it's going to be? That's, that's where I'd put my yeah. money still. Okay. How much money do you I have? great. How much money do I have? Yeah, how much are you putting on this? Uh, you know. A couple I don't dollars. have a lot of money. Okay. <laughs> uh, how about San Jose apparently is going to make a push at least for Eric Carlson? Which leads to my question of, do you think they could keep this team together, this group, for one more year? Or would you if you could? If I could, yes, but I don't think they will. Well, if you're trying to keep Carlson... Isn't the next step you're trying to keep Pavelski too? I mean, that's basically the same team. I don't care if some random free agent walks. Well, well because this is where the, the problem is going to be. Yes, I would in this hypothetical world we're living in, I would like to keep this team together for one more year. But Pavelski and Eric Carlson aren't signing one-year deals, so that's where the disconnect comes in for me. Okay, but that okay, that's the cost. Would you try and keep this team together for one more year, knowing you're probably sacrificing your chances three, four years down the line? Mm, no. I mean, Carlson, I would sign long-term. Sure, He's I still fine. think they will. I, don't, I, don't, I think somebody will give them more. I think Vegas will give them more money. That team just still makes a ton of sense. They, they, they need an anchor on that blue line. San Jose has seven forwards signed for next year right now. <laughs> that's, uh, that's an issue. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens to that team this offseason. And they've got six defensemen that aren't Eric Carlson already signed. So that, that's going to be... San Jose is one of the three or four most fascinating teams to pay attention to this offseason, right? San Jose and Toronto right mm-hmm. now are two of them, for sure. All right, anything else before we get into the Stanley Cup? Capo Caco. He's giving the scouting combine because he knows he's the number one overall pick now. Yeah. I've seen per, more and more stories. recent reports. Yes. More and more stories projecting him as the number one pick to, uh, to New Jersey. It's that time of year. It is. How about Finland winning the world championship with what two NHLers? Seriously, that's cool. They just—you gotta love that country that they take these things so seriously. They do. They always come to play in these competitions. It's cool, and I love how every time they win, because they've won the World Juniors three of the last six years, right? Every time the 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 announcers like, well, it's Finland shocking the world. No, they win every other year. It's not <laughs> yeah, a shock. Right. But in Canada, it's always a shock. Yeah, exactly. This specific team, though, only having two NHLers, and I think they had a combined zero goals in the NHL this year, if I if I remember that right. That is kind of surprising. Well, they do have the presumptive overall number one pick, you know. So <laughs> that's, that's that's a good point. All right, let's get to the Stanley Cup. We've fooled okay. around long enough. Two games in, your number one star for game one, Sean Corrali. Your number one star for game two, Carl Gunnarsson. Just like we all expected. This is the way it is, though. This is this is Stanley Cup hockey at its best. Yeah, this is the, this is the playoffs at its best, I should say. All he had to do was relax himself a little bit by going to the pisser. That's... <laughs> How great was that anecdote? <laughs> that was the quote from Barubi, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts here after two games of St. Louis's chances? I still think well, Boston's. Gonna I think win. Carl Gunnarsson saved the playoffs. That was a great game yesterday. Yeah, it really, it really was a was. great game. It really was. If you score first, you lose. That's what we've seen through the first two games. But they, I mean, I was, I was, I was thinking, okay, Boston's winning this game. <laughs> Early on in that game, I thought Boston was winning. And if they win that one, I, I agree. Oh, it's it's probably four or it's five over. game series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's start with game one. I think, I think it went the way people expected. In that Boston came out really sluggish. They had had what 10, 11 days off. And then somewhere in the second period, just turned it on and completely dominated. And I, it was about the time I got perfume poisoning, though. So <laughs> it's true. Details are fuzzy. The name of this week's show will be perfume poisoning. That's it. Might be the name of every successful show after this. 
Um, but yeah, Boston was dominant after they got their their uh, legs back under them in Game One. And yet, St. Louis, like you said, Craig, Carl Gunnarsson probably saved the series because if they lose that game, they're done. But now we have a series. We do. They stole a game in Boston. Now it feels like a long series, doesn't it? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I don't think Boston's going to St. Louis and winning two games. So I, I don't either. I mean, I I, I, I picked pick Bruins in seven, and I still feel like that's the exact result and number of games it's going to be. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I like I, it. I, I, I don't. It, it's tough because St. Louis played so well for like 21 minutes of Game One, and I know that I, I've been told that 21 minutes is not the length of a full hockey game. So that's a problem. 60 yeah, full 60 minutes. Play full 60. Yeah, so I never tweeted that poll out last week. They, they only played a partial 60 minutes and they didn't win. Oh. So. I think this is a much. I know Boston looked absolutely dominant in the back half of the game one, but I think this is a pretty even of a first two games that we've seen. Yeah, I think this is a fairly even series. I think a lot of people have overlooked St. Louis, not in the sense that you know everybody knows they were in last place in, on January third and they've been the best team ever since, but just Boston's been so good that I don't think a lot of people are giving St. Louis a legitimate shot in the series. I am. I just think Boston's going to win. I just, I, same thing here. I, I thought St. Louis was clearly the better team yesterday, though. I yeah. really did. And Tarasenko's goal on the on the backhand falling yeah. down, uh, spinning yeah, around. Sweet, yeah. Also, by the way, Gunnarsson hitting the post late in the third. How much? Oof. How much do you see like, that happens? In that your team loses the game, and that player never scores another goal in the NHL again. But in this case, <laughs> he gets the overtime winner too. Yeah, that was that was solid. I mean, that was his whole point, right? In the intermission, he's yeah. like, "I just need one more shot like that." Um, Tarasenko, Literally. I told you guys this on Monday before the game. I think this whoever, is the segment of the show we called Luke's Tarasenko infatuation. Oh, here we go. Go ahead. That's going to be the drop. I ha- yeah, the breathy. Good. Yes. <laughs> the breathy Morgan. That sounds like a drink you could get that was really bad stout. <laughs> also, sounds like a, a potential podcast name. The breathy Morgan. <laughs> Uh, my thought was whoever performs better in the series between Tarasenko or Pasternak. If if one of them greatly outperforms the other, that's going to decide the series. If it's even, then I still think Boston's going to win. Tarasenko, courtesy of San Jose, now has five goals and three assists in his last six games of these playoffs. He was gone for a good amount of that Dallas series, weren't we all? But uh, but he's really picked it up considerably. Actually, I mean, he had a point in every single game in the San Jose series. So if you want to go back even further, he's got five goals and five assists in his last eight games. He's a potential con Smythe winner. Making if they a win. push. He absolutely is. That was, what did you call it? Breathy Morgan. Breathy Morgan. Yeah, but what was the name of the segment? Oh, I don't know. Oh, a Tarasenko infatuation? Luke's Tarasenko infatuation? Yes, that's it. Luke's Breathy Tarasenko infatuation. Luke's Tarasenko infatuation. <laughs> A breathy but inconsistent Morgan. Um, Connor Clifton. Oh, what a story. This is Craig's Connor Clifton infatuation. Well, Sorry, it's not breathy. Not really, actually. Oh. It's, there's sarcasm in my voice. Oh, okay. I've, I've seen Coyote fans flipping out lately that Connor Clifton didn't sign with the Coyotes, and they lost out on this third-pair defenseman who's <laughs> got a nice, tiny sample size of adequate play. That doesn't do it for you? I no, f- not really. <laughs> I, I, for one, cannot f- foresee a scenario in which a player has an awesome postseason run, gets signed to a big contract potentially, and ruins the franchise. Right, Craig? Potentially? Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this happens. Signed I mean, by a dog? <laughs> Look, this happens. Yeah, it does. Uh, you, you're, this is the, uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Cup Finals, it's the king of small sample sizes. Right. I, players have strong five, seven, ten game stretches all season that we completely ignore. But because it's the postseason, and understandably, so they get you get credit for performing well in the postseason. But I don't think Connor Clifton is 
it's going to be a player that we're going to be spending copious amounts of time discussing. <laughs> He's a third-pair defenseman. I'm surprised. I mean, you talk to his time. college coach, and well, you know, a lot of teams missed on this guy, but yeah. has, that's his college coach. Anybody's <laughs> kind college, of biased. Anybody's college coach, other than Josh Rosen, had anything bad to say right. about their player? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. It's a, you already know what you're getting when you call the college coach. They're going to rave about the guy. They should just leave it on their voicemail. He's a third pair defenseman. I know. Calm down. Brian Kelly. It's okay. There are plenty of those. You can find lots of them. There's a couple. Brian Kelly did not have a lot of nice things to say about the Sean Kaiser. Brian Kelly doesn't have a lot of nice things to say about anybody. Uh, Central Division next year, Craig. You put this in the notes. Seems like some sort of Blackhawks bias. Let's address it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bring that up. (laughs) What's going to happen in that division? Well, the only thing, as I said in the notes, the only thing we know for certain is Stan Bowman is certain he'll construct a playoff roster. Beyond that, what is going to happen in this division? By the way, Nashville was in the playoffs. Do you guys remember that? No. Okay. I don't remember Nashville being in the league. I don't remember the first round. That feels like a decade ago. It was. Winnipeg. What's going on there? What's going to happen in their offseason after a very disappointing second half in postseason for them when a lot of us thought they were cup contenders. What's the deal? With Specifically Winnipeg? you two guys. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I thought they were cup well, contenders. I still think Nashville was a cup contender. No, so you were wrong. We were both so we're all idiots. Wrong. Oh, we're all idiots. Okay. Wrong. Um, in my defense, I switched to San Jose halfway through the year, so I was still wrong oh, so you twice. Waffled. I think okay. every team in the Central will be slightly worse than they were this year. Even Colorado? Yes. Mm, slightly Colorado. worse. I think every all seven teams will be slightly worse than they were last year. I I, I don't think. So you I think don't, Colorado again is going to lose more games than it won. Yes. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. They oh, lost yeah. more games than they won. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll take the slight under on ninety points for Colorado. Who, what's happening? I I have no idea what's going to happen this division next year. Here's Who what makes, I know: How many teams make? I the would playoffs? call it topsy turvy. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't think. What's your think, language, Craig? I don't think a central division team makes it to the cup next year. I know it's not that bold of a prediction, but there's. But I don't. I don't. I don't think it's that close. I think they're. they're so then, who's making it? Vegas. Yeah, probably. You love Vegas. I do. Are you coming to Vegas in two weeks? They probably. did. Have, they they are coming off their worst playoff run in franchise Look, history. So Nashville's Nashville trending down. Nashville had the most boring, disappointing 100-point season I can remember yeah, in recent I agree. memory. Minnesota's hit 100 points at some point, haven't they? That's true. If, if Minnesota's hit 100 points, then they have that, competition. Yeah, then yeah. So, but, but I understand why you didn't But, but Minnesota's not even in the league. Here's the thing with Nashville. I expected them to have that boring 100-point season, but then I expected David Poyle to add that piece at the trade deadline and that would happen. make them... That would add a dynamic element, and yeah, it didn't happen. Did not it didn't, happen. didn't happen. I, I, they might move P.K. Subban, which I think would be crazy, but Winnipeg's probably going to lose somebody of value. They're not, and it's, it's probably going to be Jacob Chuba. But Chuba, Line A, uh, who else? Connor, all, all RFAs. They're going to have to figure out that situation. St. Louis, they had. Uh, I think they're going to be maybe about the same. They're not. I don't think they're going to be as terrible as they were to start the year. They won't be as hot as they were in the back half of the year. Mm-hmm. That's all probably going to even out over the course of the season. Dallas, there's a lot of talk that they might move Jamie Ben or at least look to move Jamie Ben in the offseason. I, I just that team cannot get the goaltending it got this year. It's not happening. Minnesota has reached 100 points three of the last five years. Sorry. Oh, don't remind me of that. Uh, Colorado, I again they have a lot of high end talent, but they're not that far off of being Edmonton. They're really not. They're like two wingers away from being Edmonton. Yeah, but they're, I mean... Got some young pieces. Yeah, they've got McCarr in the fourth pick of yeah, the draft. Yeah, but I, the fourth pick of the draft's not playing for them next year. No. So, But I think they're on the way up. Kill McCarr, again, will help them. I, I'm not ready to, to anoint him a top-pairing defenseman just yet. 
He, I think he will, he will be, be, but he's not. But not, not for next season. Yeah. Chicago, uh, they're, they're there. I, I don't believe in some re- big resurgence from Chicago. They Come still have on, all the Dylan exact Shrubs same problems. 100 points even with Stan Bowman? Yeah, even with Stan Bowman, surprisingly. By the way, Jacob Truba, right-handed defenseman that is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's somebody that Break the bank for Jacob Truba. Targeting, yeah. yeah. And then special. the Wild suck. <laughs> so you're putting the Wild in last. If you had to do the standings right now. <laughs> yes, the Wild are in last in the center. Give me, let's do this. What are, what are your standings? Hey, in Central? I'll, I'll tell you what. Wait, before you do that. Minnesota, 83 points last year. I'll take the over on 83 points. So while I'm you, not sure I will. Well, you said everybody's going to be worse in that division next year. I could see Minnesota hitting like 85 or something. Oh, I, I, I'm not going to bet you that they'll get 85 points. Well, which is what like an 80. exciting bet that would be, though. Uh, so Central, I'm going pr- to go Winnipeg, St. Louis. Jamie just turned into a horse. That's how you know you've confused him. <laughs> <laughs> Winnipeg, St. Louis, Nashville. You As forgot top three. You forgot Chicago. Still Winnipeg Chicago, first, Chicago, huh? Colorado, oh. Dallas, Minnesota. Chicago but I don't think Chicago's making the playoffs. I think they just happen to be the fourth best team in the Central. So you only think three teams make it out of Central? Okay. Yeah. Mm. I could see Chicago I'm ba- On Chicago, I'm, I'm banking that, and maybe I shouldn't, that Corey Crawford doesn't miss half the season. Because if he yeah. does, then they're going to be right back here. But if Corey Crawford plays 55 games, I think they can, they'll flirt with, they can flirt with 40 wins. I think Winnipeg wins the division. That's, okay. that's I do too, but I, I'm not going to feel as good about them as I did the last two years. I'm just not. Yeah, I'm not as down on Winnipeg as I wa- as I now am on Tampa because Tampa has burned me twice in the playoffs picking them. I think Winnipeg can win in the playoffs, but I want to see what they do this offseason because they do have a lot of questions. And it's not it's not impossible for them to navigate this and come out of this with most of their players, but they can't they can't like put it off. They can't avoid it. They've got a lot of guys that are are unsigned that are important, and so if they come out of that with with the majority of their players, I think they're still maybe the best team in the Western Conference next year. Best team, maybe. I don't know. No, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm higher on the Pacific next year, obviously, since I have five of them making it as of today. Yeah, I, I think that that last wild card spot is going to be an interesting battle between like Edmonton, Arizona. San Jose, even even Chicago, Colorado. Like I think that last wild card spot battle could be interesting. Because hmm. I think a team that's just not very good is going to get that spot. I want to know what's wrong with Winnipeg. I, I don't get what's wrong with Winnipeg. I really don't. But they made the Western Conference Finals last year. They did. That's so the first, first I, season I, that they'd ever won a playoff series. I don't know that anything's wrong they went with Winnipeg. Back to being Winnipeg. But they well, lost no, no, to St. Louis. The, the, in the thing, thing that's round. wrong they, they did, and, and St. Louis is playing as good a hockey as anybody. The I think they went seven, didn't it? No, six. Six, six. Okay. The thing that's wrong is they might lose one of their best one of their best players. Yes, but nothing's that's wrong my with concern. them right now. No. But in a month and a half something could be but very yeah, wrong. If they lose them. Truba, that's a big loss. If yeah. they, I mean they're not they're gonna sign line A. They're probably gonna sign uh, Kyle Connor. But if you lose Truba, which I think there's a very Kyle strong Connor, chance that like, they do. I like Kyle Connor a lot. But how are you losing Truba? You're saying somebody are, are they can't afford they can't afford all three of those guys. But I mean that would imply somebody actually does or, or, or that they sign there. him, they immediately have to trade him. Okay. But if they sign and trade, they're not going to get a player of equal value. Most likely, they'll probably get pieces back or picks back. But again, if they can, if they find a way to sign all three without losing a star player, then yeah. sure, then I, then they're going to be a team they think is right in that conversation with Vegas. For me, as the, the upper echelon of the conference, maybe Calgary's at the bottom of that, but I'm not sure yet. I, I feel as confident about them. But to me, if they lose one of those big players, it's going to hurt. Oh yeah. Back to the uh, the Stanley Cup. What did you think about the Tory Krug hit? That for some reason people are kind of freaking out about in Game One. I thought that was a very clean and 
yeah. impressive I, hit. I didn't know people were freaking out about it. Yeah, yeah. People freak out about everything on the internet. You should try it sometime. It's oh, fun. Yeah, no, I've been on Twitter. Ugh. Yeah. Shouldn't do that. Um, what was the hit in game two? Oh, it was, uh, was it Sunquist? Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that one Former was Penguin's worse. Former Penguin's great. <laughs> yes. I thought that one was worse, but I still didn't think it was. He's probably, he hasn't been suspended as we record this. I could see him getting a game for that. I don't think yeah, it was. He is having a hearing, so yeah, he's going to get suspended. He'll probably lose a game. I didn't think it was intentionally bad. I thought the the, the Bruins player just got people saying turned. that he left his skates. He didn't leave his skates. No, no. I, I love when people say that too. Like if you literally left your skates, like if you jumped out of your skates to hit somebody, and your skates were just laying there on the ice, I feel like that's suspendable. Yeah, that would also a neat trick. It would be. Yeah. It would be very cartoon-like in appearance. Remember when the Penguins traded Sunquist and a first-round pick for Ryan Reeves? Remember, remember that? And then traded Ryan Reeves away. It, yeah, like do, do you later. remember that? Yeah, I do. On the list of awesome. Rutherford might be my new Chiarelli. Like, I'm going to have to have somebody else to rip on a lot. Yeah, no, he is. He's, so, he's probably the worst GM. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, but that's too That's too easy. Like, all his, all his terrible moves are in the past at the moment. He has, he has to, like... But he's all. Stan Bowman's always but see, a threat to make another yeah, one. But, but he's lurking. <laughs> Stan Bowman's already like handcuffed his arms, then handcuffed himself to a pole. Like so, he's at the point There's where he's image. he's almost put himself in a situation kind of an where he's attractive he, image to me because that means he's you know <laughs> I can get to him it's pretty al- easily. It's almost to the point where he has messed up so badly that he almost can't mess up again for a little bit because he's got to wait for his other mess ups to pass. I, I I know what you're saying, Jamie, but I was distracted pretty <laughs> pretty solidly by what Craig just said. Um, I don't know how to move on from that. The title of worst GM in the league, though, is very important on this show specifically because it's the backbone of our show. It really we all miss is. Peter Chiarelli. I know it's, it's our, it's our. We should really do our award, our own awards on top of the NHL's yeah, ones. Let's do we that. talked about this for a couple instead of years instead of now. yeah, instead yeah, the of talking Peter, about the awards, yeah, the Peter Chiarelli worst GM of the year. Like yeah. I mean, we have all these we'll things make we can up do our own awards. And uh, by the way, yeah, we apologize for not doing the all Natty Hattie team, yeah. which yeah. I did bring up at the restaurant. Yeah, we did, but then you know we had we had guests to talk to, so we priorities. We were going to include them in the in the draft process yeah. i like the idea of doing this after the cup final that's okay. a it's a good summer project which you and i'll do from telluride and then just have jamie call into the podcast yeah. which we're now housing in telluride or we could accidentally lose jamie's number by the way yeah the natural hat trick podcast is moving to telluride colorado for one week only um maybe are we going to have listeners come out and build this roster with us or are we just going to build the roster we should have the listeners build a roster together but there's no way that would ever work you're right. So, but we should we will do this in a couple of weeks. I don't know how we would do a, a listener team unless we had like a big board and had people yeah. shouting things and oh wow, be chaotic. Like well, oh, by the way, we, like we are going to try Parliament. to do an actual like get together at some point, like more than just hey, we're watching the game here tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> right on one side um, of town. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out something sometime, probably in the off season. Nothing's. I, we, I was out there. It was outstanding. But it's a little difficult for people. I was out there. It was outstanding. Yeah. It was pretty quiet, actually. I was surprised Memorial Day yeah. was so quiet. It was Monday night. Probably. So everybody was yeah. like going back to work. They're go nursing their I drank holiday. all weekend. Yeah, they're awful. nursing their holiday weekend hangovers. Yeah, they drank probably. all that half of these that you wanted. That was it. They probably heard. They, uh, Although you all should they be have happy. at this place are awful stouts. <laughs> Craig, all I, went, left. I went to the effort to send you a picture of it at Total Wine and More in Gilbert that you could right, go and get. Right. So you could purchase I, I that. I thought you were just taunting me. He was. I mean, halfway I was taunting See, you. The but thing also, it's productive The thing taunting. with bottled beer, too, is it's always better out of a tap. Of course. It's always better out of a tap. 
Of course it is. How long is it going to take you to recover from this? You uh, think? I don't know. He's, I'll keep you posted. Oh, the, the best part was he said he was out, and, and Craig asked me, he says, he, wait, did you just say it was out? It's like, oh, yeah, they're probably just changing kegs. Yeah. That happens all the time. You have to wait 20 minutes, whatever. That's fine. We had, we had all I the time love, the by the way, the that they period. didn't have anymore. We had all the time in the world. And he comes back and says, no, 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 we're out. We'll have it in a week. Oh, boy, here we go. Now, Maybe. If, you've got if Craig you're fired that up. guy, <laughs> do you recommend a beer that you know you're almost out of? Hey, why don't you try this? And if you like it, you can't have any more. I'm glad he did because I only had one glass. That's all I needed to enjoy that. Jamie didn't even have a full glass. He bought him like three quarters of a glass. It worked out perfectly. Craig was upset. Jamie was. They cut him short. Yeah, and I got what I wanted. And Jamie didn't even finish his. He just poured it on the floor. Yeah, Yeah. just to just to prove a point. Right into a potted uh, uh, plant Craig, that was nearby. Best part, what was his excuse for All why right, were... we don't need to... No, 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 no. we do need that. We, need we to don't need to. What else are we going to talk about? What's the next segment? I've got a bunch of listener questions. We're well, over an hour. Well, listeners were there when this was I'm happening. Not, I'm I not going to trash this guy. The GM was ill. Don't need to trash this guy. So actually, so to be fair, no, 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 I think I've changed my mind. The Peter Shirelli Worst GM of the Year Award is the GM of the Brass Tap in Gilbert. <laughs> why are you doing this? All right. Not a sponsor of the show and now never I had hanging. fun. I enjoyed. No, there won't be a photo of me. I enjoyed my my visit. Yes. And Luke Klipinski, you can look him up on Twitter at Luke Klipinski, or the GM of uh, Peterson's Ice Cream Shop down the road. Who it's very easy to the find. Ice him. cream my girlfriend wanted, but I had to wait in line for twenty minutes to find out after our oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's very easy to find Luke on Twitter. By the, he's the guy who only tweets original thoughts. He doesn't yeah. retweet anyone else. Well, they're yeah. not original thoughts. They just happen to be they presented original as original thoughts. thoughts. Just Jamie then rips them off later on the podcast and yes. presents them as okay. So. Uh, is Listener it okay? Do we need to or, trash any other innocent people well, around the valley? Or I mean, we, we should mention that Jeff Skinner and the Sabres may be close, which would remove a big-time free agent from the market if, if he resigns above. And the Sabres from the conversation. Yeah, say, if the, if the Sabres yes. resign Jeff Skinner, they'll uh, finish like 13th in the East. Okay. They should do it. Now we can move on to listener questions. Where's I don't think we have picture? a lot today, actually, unless uh, they came in recently. Bobby Big Wheel just wrote Bobby in, Big Wheel. a.k.a. Tom J. What are the chances the Coyotes will pull the trigger on the rumored Dvorak and Fisher for Zucker and Rask deal? Why? Uh, Christian Dvorak's not being traded in that. Yeah. He, Christian Dvorak's not going in that deal. They won't give up. They won't give up a center. Maybe I, they'll give up Christian Fisher. I like Jason Zucker, but where did this become the summer of Zucker? Every Ooh, team. Man, that was, that was a good candidate for the name because of the show. Minnesota is um, desperate to move him, even though he's. A, isn't he a finalist for a. The same thing as OEA yeah. for King Clancy? Yes. Jeez. If you think Jason Zucker is more like the player he was two years ago, where he, I believe he won 33 goals, uh, but you're, not, you're not trading Christian Dvorak, but no. he, he is a player that could be beneficial to the Coyotes, but not, not in a Dvorak trade. They're not, they're not moving a center. They don't have centers to move. Well, they've got five, potentially, with Barry. Yeah, everybody, but I mean, good everybody, ones. Everybody's freaking out about that. Well, one of them will move to You know win. when you won't have five centers? Next year. The second anybody gets hurt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Which happened. This team needs. This team hasn't had centers in ever. Uh, Zucker, though, what he had fifty-four goals in the last two years, yeah, and uh, he's twenty-one last year. So uh, that's an okay. That's a, a okay total, but it's not. Wasn't we did wow, the year before? I'm so excited, right? Yeah, it's the one year, the thirty-three year, the thirty-three goal year. And what, is he making? Was he making like five plus six plus? But se- seventy-six though, the last three years. I mean, he's he's routinely hitting at least twenty-one. Twenty-one was actually kind of a down year for him. And and that's one of those rare ones where I don't think you're inherently building in regression because it's not like the Wild are this crazy offensively strong True. team that I think if you have a Kessel or somebody else where you think the goal totals are just going to translate one to one because I valued against that before. I thought the whole thing with Zucker five and a half, he, by the way, on that Jason he was Zucker. from Vegas. Now he's from Newport Beach. How many places can you be from? Well, you know. They have good pizza 
right outside Newport Beach. As Jamie and Craig trash every potential sponsor, I will tell you that out in Newport Beach, there's well, was probably the really best pizza hot I ever had. The, the brass tap for one beer. And then, yeah, four years, five and a half after that. Per is what's left on Zucker's deal. Not bad. Four years. I would take him. Yeah. For a 20 goal score? No, yeah, he's only 27. So I would I'm say he's, I, let's, he's top 22 once. I'm going to say he's a 24 goal scorer. Okay, so you're saying he'll year. do what he's only done once? <laughs> yes, but only by a couple goals. Ideally, he's the second liner, but. Yeah. Everything is relative on the Coyotes when you can't score. Um, I mean, like you said, though, it's not like Minnesota scores a ton of goals, so it's not like those numbers are inflated. Uh, Mike writes in. Hi, Mike. Injuries are factored into player safety decisions on dirty hits. Personally, I think that's wrong. A dirty hit is a dirty hit regardless of the outcome. Thoughts? Agreed. Yes. Cool. But sometimes it just takes an injury for anyone to pay attention. Yeah. Unfortunately. Like Vegas and San Jose. Sorry. Oops. Did I bring that up? You did. Yeah. St. Louis still makes the cup, though, even if Vegas gets past San Jose like no. they should have. Or no, you think Vegas beats them, huh? I thought Vegas was the best team in the playoffs. St. Louis has been really good. They have, but they would have lost to Vegas. So are you guys already writing St. Louis off, by the way? No, no but I know. Is but, that what I'm getting here? But I, I picked Boston in seven, and I still feel Boston sevens right after watching those first two games. It's going to be really close, but Boston's going to get that extra home game. I still think they're too deep. Yeah, I've just I've thought... And the top stars have more to give. Since Boston. Boston beat Toronto, that Boston was going to win the cup. So I'm, I'm not going to go against it now. Um, but I like the fact that we we should have a series here that goes back and forth and back and forth, which we didn't have a lot of in the second round. I mean, that's the best part of a seven-game series. I love single elimination like you have in the NFL in March Madness. You can't have that in the NHL, obviously. No. But the best of seven, the best part about it is one team jumps out and, and all the fans freak out like, oh, the series is over because they're up 1-0 or 2-0 or 2-1 or whatever, and then the other team pushes back. I think we're going to see these two teams push back and forth for seven games. How much money does Charlie Coyle get paid this offseason as a UFA? That's a set. What do you have scored? Seventh goal last night. Yeah, he's been. He's been. That was a great trade. That was a, an outstanding trade. And they again, like we said last week, they gave up Ryan Donato. It's not like they ripped Minnesota off. He seems like a guy that is happy he's not on the Wild right now. Mm-hmm. Like he is just going to run with this opportunity and probably win a Stanley Cup. Okay. Next question. Wow, look at Greg just <laughs> moving the show along. This one's from Two Greg. House here. Next question. Oh, Greg. Okay. You're just going right over Cochise Jack's question because he wanted to know about the archery we we're watching. Oh, I, no, I'm going off the order of the questions he's, yeah, he's got, as they okay. popped up. You on do you, Luke. Yeah, Luke. I, mean, I, I don't care. My my system has worked for 201 episodes. Is relative. But thrive? Sure. Do you want to say thrive? Nope. Did not want to say that. I guess maybe not 201 episodes because Jamie destroyed some of them. But, that's that's uh, hurtful. Uh, not untrue, but hurtful. Tampa seemingly wants to make a run at EK. I'm assuming that's Eric Carlson. The good one? Yes. Plus, they have to sign point. Would a Tyler Johnson trade for the Yotes for picks make sense for both sides and help fill a scoring void cheaper than Kessel and Younger or maybe Palat? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like that. That's a possibility out there. Yeah. I like if they that do make that run, they're, they're going to have mm-hmm. to shed some salary. Um, I'm going to get Tyler Johnson's numbers here because he was... Remember the triplets line the year Tampa went to the Stanley Cup and lost to Chicago? Yeah, because I thought Tyler Johnson was going to be the star and then it turned out that Nikita Kucherov was the star. And, and Johnson and Palat have... Dropped off significantly since that year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tyler Johnson had a better year last year. He floated with thirty goals last year, but yeah, I mean, they're not they're not Kucherov, and they're never going to be. No, but to be Kucherov P- might be the best. P- Palat's clearly the third guy on that for me. 
But again, Tyler Johnson, I will just throw this out there, and I do like him. He's never hit 30 goals. I mean, you're talking about a very similar production level to what we've seen from Jason Zucker. 29 last year, 21 the year before, 19, 14, 29, 24. He's got five years, five million left in the deal, but can play all over the ice. Like, I, I'm fine with Tyler Johnson. I, I don't want anything to do with Andre Pilat at that price. Yeah, Pilat. Pilat's really the 5.3 million. He's a third off. liner at absolute uh, best. I don't think he fills much of a need for the Coyotes. Tyler Johnson does. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you can kick him inside the center if you had to in an emergency, if everybody gets hurt again. But not real big, what, 5'8"? Um, yeah. Normally, I wouldn't be concerned, but the Coyotes have a lot of guys that aren't very big. Do you worry at a certain point that you have too many smaller players on yeah, your roster? At a certain point, yes. I don't, okay. I don't think you want to construct a roster of all small guys, but how do you, think you, the, you can solve that other ways, right? Yeah. How do you think the Coyotes would have fared in a playoff series? Not, not oh, they would have played Calgary or this or whatever, but I mean, watching the physicality of the two teams that are in the cup right now. Craig on three. One, two, three. They still can't score. Yes, that's what I would have That's said. the problem. But you're asking from a physical standpoint? Yeah, I'm just, uh, they, can, can they, they hang with a, with a team like Boston in a series? No. 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 Okay. Just no. from the physicality standpoint. Not, I understand Boston's going to outscore them. And but, Law and Law hit him in physical. Okay. Not out hit. I should I'd say like out to hit. see a little more grip, but, but I'm not. You know, I see so many people saying the Coyotes need someone who can be a fighter. Who can I, fight oh, guys. At, yeah. That's useless. No, that's point. going away. That's leaving the game entirely, and it should. But you and need it's, somebody. It's not a factor. Fates, fights don't impact games. Sorry, no, they don't. Not in the playoffs. There's all kinds of numbers and analysis on that. Fights don't impact games. Don't listen to what coaches and players tell you. They don't impact games. I guess it's a lie. What, <laughs> I guess what, what I'm getting at is it's been so pronounced this year that we had all these good teams in the regular season, borderline great teams, get to the playoffs and then bow out in the first round. Because playoff hockey is a different style of hockey. I, see, I don't, I don't agree. One that's year, why. but I don't agree. That's why I don't but, think Tampa Bay got bounced out because they they weren't physical enough. They just they're mentally weak. I'm not saying physical. I'm just the, the entire package. The game is different in the playoffs. If you were used to winning your game seven to two, it's not going to happen in the playoffs. Well, yeah, and I agreed there, but I don't think it's size and physicality that's making the difference. I think it's depth that's making the difference. These teams ha- are deep up front. They have four lines that they can roll. Yeah. And that's that's been a. A consistent, yeah, I think it's depth because we're talking playoffs. about that. Like, I mean, we Carolina and Colorado advanced, like, they don't fit that mold. The Blackhawks won three cups without any physicality, okay, but they, they were, were not a physical team, they had four lines that they could roll, yeah, okay. I'm just trying to figure out if the Coyotes make the playoffs next year, are they constructed in such a way where they're ready to take that next step to yeah. win a cup? No, no, not to win a cup, but to but be what's in the, the next step after in, making the playoffs, though? Like, well, if they make the do playoffs, better than what them, Pittsburgh did this year, where it doesn't feel like they were in the playoffs, win around. It depends on their opponent, yeah. but matchups. I, 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 there were very few teams that probably picked them to win a seven-game series against in the first round. But don't you think now you're at the point, if you're constructing the Coyotes, where you're looking to add pieces not only to get to the playoffs, but you're starting to look forward and say, with this group, this core, when we get to the playoffs, we ultimately want to be a threat in the playoffs over the next two, three years. Yeah. Yes, if you can find players that can do both. You're, you're right now not at the spot where you're adding players with a singular goal of advancing in the postseason. I, I just like a veteran, for example. Like yeah. if you can find somebody that is right. fits the mold of they can score and a little bit more physical game, like that, absolutely. But you're, you're not in that like rental territory yet. Where like, hey, this is a team that needs to go out, you know, at the deadline and add a, a veteran and give up draft picks. I don't think they're at that point yet. Yeah. Well, who are their elite stars? Who are their elite stars? Oliver. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yes, that's it. But I'm saying if you get into a series, maybe Boston's not the best example, but a series with San Jose, who do you have that's really going to throw their weight around other than Lawson Kraus and Labushkin? But is that worth going out and adding? I don't know if the guy can play. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if you need that. I think you desire that if you can find somebody else that fits what you're doing. I don't think you add a player that only does that. But what I'm saying is, like, we're talking about Phil Kessel, Tyler Johnson. The best Johnson. way to beat the Sharks is just throw pucks at Martin Jones and just watch him try to play <laughs> hockey. That's the best way to beat the Sharks. That right is now. true. Uh, Tyler Johnson, Jason Zucker, Phil Kessel, none of those guys are really physical. They are, they want the puck in their I mean, I guess Zucker's maybe the closest to being a more well-rounded player than those other two guys. Those they other guys still, are just off. They would still help you immensely. You, you still have to be able to score. I don't care how physical you are. I mean, their blue line isn't unphysical. Isn't unphysical. Depends on what you... I mean, look, and I know a lot of people have written him off already, but Christian Fisher's another guy who can bring muscle, right? He's a big guy, at least. He can give you a presence down low. And there's still... Yeah, I was talking to Rick Tockett about him the other day. He's like... He's me in many ways. You know, I wasn't a great skater, but I learned to develop these other areas of my game. And he does think Fisher has good hands. So I know we've a lot of people have given up on him. I don't know why he's so young. He's only 22, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, let's wait and see. Maybe maybe he ends up being a trade ship, but maybe he's another guy. I, I just – I don't know. The physicality, I think you can add those pieces. But I'm not so anxious to add that first. Like, I'm not so anxious at this point to go out and get a guy like Wayne Simmons who's – Best days are behind him. That's a good example. I, I would yeah. much rather take a Tyler Johnson or a Jason Zucker or even, again, take the money out of the equation, Phil Kessel, than to take a Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Well, yeah, because first I and like foremost, Wayne they need a lot. goals. I, just, but I, I like Wayne Simmons a lot, but I, they need somebody that will shoot the puck and put it in the net. Yep. I'm just trying to figure out who that well-rounded player that we haven't given a name to is that's out there. If you could just go and say, I'm going to take this player off whatever team. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, but, you know, Ryan Callahan... Seven years ago, like those types of players, there aren't that many. I know it's a cliche, but there aren't that many "quote unquote" power forwards anymore. Yeah, that that will put the puck in the net twenty five, thirty times a year and also play that hard physical style. It's just a different game. The, the skill has gotten faster and smaller. Straight shooter McBlubbin. Okay, hello, straight shooter McBlubbin. <laughs> Hypothetical question: Oilers make Cup final. You've already lost me. Wow. McDavid, am, uh, go ahead, Jamie. I have to break out the bong to, to get to that point. Now. Why, why did I let Jamie talk? McDavid, like five points behind the leading point getter in the playoffs, doesn't matter if other team or Drysidel still gets the con Smythe. Okay, uh, he had more characters than he used here, and they could have completed these sentences, which would have made my <laughs> life a lot he's easier. Saying it, it, does Connor McDavid get the con Smythe even if he's no like matter five, what? Five, yes. uh, probably. I, yeah. McDavid might get the con Smythe this year. Although, honestly. still the mo- the best playoff performer in Oilers history of the last three years. Of one making one playoffs. Which, was would, Leon be, which was, would also be of the last 10 years. Then. Was Leon Dreisaitl. Yes, he was. Um, Mc, yeah, I mean, McDavid could win the Consmite this year and the Oilers missed the playoffs by a ton. Look, if, if McDavid's still playing 30 minutes a night, then yeah, sure. I want to know what Craig's reading. He's trying to he's trying to put himself in the headspace of an Oilers Cup oh, final okay. appearance. No, he completely ignored that question. Yes, I did. He Maybe didn't. after the lockout. <laughs> Then they can they can compliance buy out Lucic, and then for the second straight post lockout year they can make the cup final. Uh, Coach East Jack did write in who ended up winning the 2019 U.S. Archery Indoor National Championship because he missed it. It was on at the. I uh, don't the bar. know. Uh, you know, I don't know, but I know ASU's Nathan Yamaguchi performed well. Really? Yes. Oh, oh okay. That's way more analysis than I was expecting. Um, no, not me. Craig brings the archery analysis every 202 episodes. He does it. Uh, do we want to close with Pat's question? I don't know. What is Pat's question? Our favorite topic. Hearing the Coyote sales expected to be on the agenda of the Board of Governors meeting during awards week in Vegas. Any idea? Stop right there. Stop right there. Pat, is that you're hearing that? Are you? Who are you hearing that from, Pat? Sources. Who are you hearing that from, Pat? Let's start there. You can respond via tweet. (laughs) Respond right now. Who are you hearing that from, Pat? (laughs) 
Did, I'm guessing you read the Elliot Friedman 31 Thoughts thing where he just said it's expected to be on the agenda after John Shannon reported that the sale is absolutely going through. So agendas change. Maybe it'll be on the agenda. Maybe it won't. Maybe they'll just discuss it because it's on the agenda, but maybe they won't get past that. Maybe they'll actually vote on something or maybe they won't. All I can tell you is what I've reported thus far. There's no deal done yet. There's no deal done yet. There are significant material issues to be sorted out. If those get sorted out, we could have a deal. Those sorts of issues have derailed this process in the past. Very recently, as a matter of fact. So don't assume that this is a done deal yet. No matter what you're reading, it's not a done deal. 99.9% of me wants to never have to talk about this again. The Coyotes get, you know, they get their arena, stable ownership set. Everything's just locked in. But I am going to miss that 0.1% of, uh, of people just riling Craig up on the internet. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's, I'm, it's just going to be a part of my life that I'm so used to over the last 10 years. My personal favorite is when Craig reports something. And Craig, I'm, Craig has sources, and Craig is the most... I'm going to say something nice about Craig here. Craig oh, wait, is wait, I'm listening. old school is drop? journalism <laughs> at its finest. Like when Craig is reporting something, he's got sources on top of sources and he does it the right way. It's not just something he's throwing out there on the internet. My personal favorite is when Craig does the actual research and the work and calls the people and these people are high up around the league or the teams to report something and somebody writes back, yeah, but somebody told me this. <laughs> it just tries to it's completely so debunk it's so what good. Craig said. Uh, it just hey, it hey, amuses me. Hey, all right, Jim Mercy. <laughs> Sources close to me have told me that your reporting is wrong. Any uh, final thoughts here before we wrap? I up, heard guys? from a guy. He knows a guy, and so I'm trusting that. There's a, a second pairing defenseman on my adult league team that really thinks you're wrong, Craig. So how do you how do you counter? I've that gotten one? a bunch of that. I have to admit, I've gotten a bunch of that. I know. Just I know someone who does this and. If you're not in the room, you're not a source. Mm. You're just a lead. I know some... Wow, just a lead. Wow. <laughs> it's the ultimate, the ultimate insult in Craig's world. But it's true. If you're not actually connected to the story and in the room... All right. Anything else? I got nothing. Nope. Wow, nothing. We should have got Craig angry at the start So the, the next show. time we do this show will be after... What, when is it going to be? Is it so Game be? 3 Saturday. Game, game four is Monday. So we'll do it after game four. Yeah, I would say probably so, have yeah. a 2-2 series at that point. You think 2-2? Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be 2-2 at that point, okay. and then we have a three-game series. Yeah. I'm enjoying We're saying this pretty much has to win the next two games. Yeah, good luck going into Boston for game, game seven. seven yeah. Boston. <sighs> Although, you know, I mean, I know this is the sort of series where I think most games are going to be close, and at that point it's just a weird bounce, right? Sure, could I mean, be. That's what you're looking for if you're St. Louis. I wouldn't want to have to go into Boston in Game Seven, though. That's no. the thing. Like, they, could they could St. Louis win in Boston? Sure, they could. But I just in that environment on that team that's won it before. Mm-hmm. I just it's there's a lot of things that stack up against them. Is there another team like St. Louis has been in the league so long without winning the cup? Is there another team that that would even fit that characteristic? I know Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, but, but Toronto has won a cup. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But I was, I mean, I was thinking that watching the the highlights last night after the game. It's like it is cool to see St. Louis here. If they win the cup, they've been here forever, and they've never, like San Jose has only been in the league for twenty seven, twenty eight years. It's um, been a while. How about Vancouver? Vancouver Vancouver's the other yeah. one, right? That's the other team. Well, they're not winning one anytime soon. No, no. Vancouver's been in the league a long time since seventy seventy one. But there are no other teams from that era that that haven't won a cup. 
Is that I don't true? Believe. At this point? I, I'd have to go look. I, I mean, either. Minnesota, but they were a different team for a while, and then that other team did win in Dallas. Well, it doesn't I, count I just, if you go somewhere else and then win. Off the top of my head, I can't. I can't find any teams. I think anybody that have in been Cleveland's around. reveling in the Baltimore Ravens 2000 Super Bowl it doesn't work no, that way. I don't think it does. Mm-hmm. Can I make? An, can I fit in a fourth uh, football reference? One, Pittsburgh's once. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo, the California Golden Seals. They still haven't broken through. Uh, you know what? I think <laughs> but they're a couple I years mean, away. They became Cleveland, then became the Minnesota North Stars, merged into the North Stars, but then the team would be replaced by the San Jose Sharks, who aren't really the California Golden Seals, but are kind of yeah. the same. Once yeah, you get they've, they've won as much. Disjointed lineage. Yeah, doesn't work. Yeah, you're probably right. All Van- right. Vancouver. Yeah. So Vancouver. it'd be, be kind of cool to see St. Louis win. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like first-time stories. Especially, you know, I know they've been in the cup final before, but... We all know that those were legitimate cup final appearances. And they never won a game before last night. But what about the city of Boston having to go five months without a championship, though? Would you be well, okay I feel with for that? them, but not so much. Okay. All right. That's going to do it for us here. For Jamie Eisner, Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. Show's over? Okay, Craig, now you can spill the ownership tea. Okay, the buyer's name is... <laughs>